Hi guys, welcome to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host as always, Steve Hall, and today I have Peter Fitchin back on the podcast. Uh, he's been on the podcast a fair bit, even recently a bit, um, and has been on the podcast many times. Hopefully everyone knows who Peter is, um, incredibly smart in guy and uh, a natural bodybuilder, and has just finished competing this season. And I think a lot of people are thinking like, oh, Ash, any shows even gone ahead? And I know I've had um, actually just one client in the US who recently competed in bikini, but a lot of shows are being cancelled. They're not going ahead in the UK, uh, in Europe. I think a lot of them got delayed till really at the end of the year. So we still have some potentially going ahead, but they might not be in something... I wanted to touch on with Peter is because last time he came on the show um, or around that time was kind of, you were basically peeled and almost like you were legit- legitimately stage ready at the time. So uh, it's been months and months and months since then. And uh, I am very interested at how you approach this phase because um, it can ruin someone uh, trying to, oh, it's everyone talks about it, don't they? Like post-show, don't try and maintain the lean physique because it, it's not the best place to be. It's unhealthy, blah, blah, blah. And that's essentially kind of what you had to do in a sense. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd love for people to hear kind of how you yeah went through this period, what your main lessons and takeaways were. Uh, I don't know where to begin. It's maybe take us through it as a, on a broad stroke basis. And then I can always pick apart any kind of details from that so yeah hopefully and yeah. you're just getting back into your off season now so hopefully you're feeling a little bit more with it <laughs> yeah yeah no so yeah so i mean i think my prep started off you know it, I, so i started dieting in in may of 2019 because i was targeting the goal was to diet as early in or compete as early in the year in 2020 as possible so that i would be done before most of my clients got started so i was going to travel to shows out of state you know and just get done as early as I could. So that way I'm, I'm out of the way. And then when I'm traveling to all my client shows and stuff, I'm, I'm done. And so uh, I was looking at like March and early April shows. So I had like, I had multiple shows set up, you know, and um, in a photo shoot during that time. Uh, and, you know, it was a standard prep, right? Like I dieted down a ways. We took like a six week extended diet break over the fall when like I was gone for client competitions every week. It was really nice, you know, nice to be able to have that flexibility when I was traveling every week when things were crazy in the fall, um, you know, went back, dropped back into a deficit after fall shows kind of wrapped up and um, took a couple of one week diet breaks along the way, was sitting in a really good spot. And then, uh, yeah, about six days out from my first show, the, the country kind of shut down um, and uh, all of my shows and uh, my photo shoot all kind of got canceled, postponed, you know, very shortly thereafter. Um, and so I knew that after dieting for 10 months, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to compete. Like, I don't want to waste this much time. I already yeah. am like stage lead. Um, and I think there, there, there are a few things I think in, and I talked about this some on, on social media, like when, around the time, but there are, I think a few things that people need to consider, like at that point needed to consider, like in, my, in like my situation, you know, I think how long has it been since you've competed? It had been four years for me. How long is it going to be until you compete at least three, four more years for me? You know, like, you know, and how close to stage lean are you? I was there. Um, how much food can you get away with and still hold stage lean? Do you have equipment to train with? I do. Um, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and, and, and as far as holding close to stage lean, I, I'm good at maintaining. I have a really adaptive metabolism. So I got to go a lot higher than you'd expect to gain and lower yeah. than you'd expect to lose. So maintaining something I'm good at, um, <laughs> fortunately. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but so yeah, then we, you know, I, I was working with Cliff, you know, throughout prep and, and, um, 
I think I had about nine weeks or so in there where we just bumped food up. We let my weight drift up. Maybe we could put a cap of like five to seven pounds on it. So that way, like yeah. once shows started again, um, so I gained, you know, five to seven back. And then once shows started again, or it, it looked like they were for sure going to happen. Um, it only took me four to six weeks to, you know what I mean? To get back nice, yep. down. You know, and so because, you know, one thing to keep in mind is if I had gained more during that time, it would I wouldn't have been able to jump into shows right away or I'd have to start dieting sooner and I'd have less of that time out of a deficit. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so then I, I ended up, you know, once it looked like show, okay, things are starting to open up, should, these shows should happen. Um, you know, I, I started looking at, all right, well, I, I was willing to travel, you know, because like you said, there, there weren't many shows. Um, happening a lot of them are canceled postponed um and and really in the u.s at this point what shows are happening are based upon kind of where you're located in the country how bad the outbreak is there and yeah. and uh like the, the the restrictions like the political side of it um you know some states have more restrictions than others um and 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 also on top of that just how how willing the promoter is to like bend over backwards to make the show happen. Um, because my first show was in Minnesota and that state has had a lot of restrictions at the time. I don't know if they still do. Um, cause that was a month ago, but, um, I mean, he, the promoter of that show did, it was amazing. Like he, he I mean, he, he, they, they couldn't, you know what I mean? Like he did everything yeah. to a T like to make that happen. Um, and, and so, um, and then other shows, like when I went to Missouri or like to Vegas, like Missouri had next to no restrictions, Vegas, doesn't have a ton other than wear a mask and don't be above 50% capacity anywhere. Um, and so, you know, those weren't as big a deal. Um, but yeah, I was able to do, uh, between June 27th and July 25th, I did three shows and a photo shoot all out of state. Um, and, and was still able to get, you know, the same number of things I was planning in. Um, I know you mentioned you had one client compete. I had two clients compete in there and then also my wife. Um, and then I got another one competing this week. I got two other guys competing here in August and then several more shooting for fall yet. Um, so, and, and some of the shows looking ahead, some are canceled, some aren't, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. some aren't, but it, like I said, a lot of that's depending on where you are in the country and what the, the kind of the political side of it, like what, what, what is the restrictions in, yeah. in your area of, of the country? Yeah, I think it's, you mentioned some really good points to kind of how to decide whether or not you are going to compete and whether or not it's appropriate for you. And I think particularly kind of, yeah, some people haven't had equipment at home and then the gyms yeah. have been shut for, well, here in the UK, they've been shut for four months. They've just opened. So I'm just imagining someone kind of biding their time for yeah. that. And it's, it's it's such a tricky call. And like you said, it depends how lean you are. Like some people, if they've just done, like if you just finished the first phase of your diet, yeah. you, I mean, you, you're not that yeah, if, if at you, a point if where... You just yeah, if you just started dieting, yeah, if you just started dieting like January first, and you were targeting like summer or something, you could, you know, and, and the country shuts down in March. Like you're two months in, it's kind of a glorified mini cut at that point, you know, yeah. and and you're you're not, you know, it, you're fine. Um, but yeah, someone who's closer. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so one of the two clients I had compete. Um, so I, I had probably 15, 16 clients targeting shows from, you know, like April through June. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, like two, three of them competed, you know, but, um, and, and a couple are, are going to compete here in August, you know, and, and things too. So, I mean, some of them are still competing. Some just did a photo shoot or something, but 
Um, one that competed right away, he actually competed a week before I did. Um, he did he did the show I did and then competed even a week before that. Um, he His show was actually, his first show was targeted for one week after my first show back in March. So like he and I, like, if you know we could just you know he could we could re- definitely relate to what each other was going through and um you know in general i mean I, I i think it was a blessing in disguise as a coach because i could relate a lot that like it, the situation sucks i think anyone of yeah. us who compete you know you explain the situation to someone they're like yeah that that is awful you know that you have to decide like what you're going to do now and, and your show's canceled at six days out and stuff but having gone through that myself, when clients were also going through it, I could better relate to what they're going through and help them kind of make some of those decisions based on, you know, my own experience. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it, it, like I said, it was a blessing in disguise in a way. Yeah. And I think one of the things that maybe you haven't touched on, but is like kind of obvious to me at least is you've been to stage many times and yes. you've gone through yeah. this sort of thing. So yeah. you kind of had an understanding of, how hard it was going to be and whether or not you could do that. Yes. And I think that's a big thing too. I think if someone's like a first time competitor, I don't know that it would be a, you know, like, I, I don't know, like someone, someone who's more advanced, you know, like the client of mine um, who, uh, you know, competed the week before me, you know, and his show was canceled, you know, right around the same time as mine. He, uh, it was his like, third time dieting to stage, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it um, he wasn't a beginner, you know, yeah. this was my sixth time dieting to stage lean, you know, and, you know, since 2004, like it, it I've, and I, I've never really had, I've never been one that has had a lot of issues with, with binging coming out of shows or, or, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, um, fortunately I, it, it never, I think part of that is the fact that I've always taken two to four years between shows. Like I, I you know what I mean? Like some of the, you know, some of that disordered eating stuff that creeps in near the end of prep, like I have such long off seasons that like it goes away, but you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and, and I, I, I fortunately haven't had any of that. So, um, you know, someone who would struggle more with that probably wouldn't be, you know, good either, but yeah, I, I, someone who's more advanced, I think would be better suited to have to, we- you know, weather this. And, um, I think I kind of mentioned this earlier too, but, uh, the fact that I hadn't competed in four years and I don't complain, don't plan to compete for at least three to four years, I think is a big factor too, because it is probably going to take me longer to recover from this prep than had I just done a normal prep and, and, you know, come out of it. And, but I have time, like I, I'm not competing for, you know, like if, if you're going to try to turn around and compete next year or, you know, you know, if you're going to compete 2021, you probably would have been better off not extending it and just going back up to, some midpoint between your off season weight and, and your stage weight and, and aiming for, you know, positioning yourself for next year. But um, if it's going to be several years, I, you know, I didn't, you know what I mean? I, I think you're, you're in a better place to make a more like a, a more informed decision, smarter decision um, on, on what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky one when you don't, cause the, I guess my kind of, an easy answer for me to say I wasn't competing this was year was the stage is always going to be there. I can just compete uh, next year. Uh, uh, and I was at a position where I hadn't committed all that time. I wasn't yeah, that lean yet. So yeah. that was a fine answer for me. And yeah. I think this is some of the things you're throwing out there is some of the reasons like we are generally advising don't compete year to year because yep. like you don't really have an off season there. It's you compete, yep. you recover and you compete. So you're not improving. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, it's super important that you clarified like, you weren't going to compete for a long time after this as well. So one, 
you didn't have the potential to do kind of sooner and two, you had the time to recover for another yeah. time in future. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not one who needs to, I, I am not one who needs to, cause that's a conversation I had with clients also is, you know, if you extend this out and we do this, uh, you need to not diet for a long time. Like you need to gain weight and you need no, no mini cutting. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you need to control that post-show period so that you don't feel uncomfortable and want to cut right away. Like you need to gain weight, obviously coming back out, but like, you know, it, it, you can't be dieting right away after this. And it, it really is similar in a way to what I did to, I, I'm sure you've had clients like this where they, maybe they do a show like in the spring and they qualify for something in the fall, but they're only qualified that year for yeah. that thing in the fall. And so you, you almost do the same approach with them. I've, I've had several clients over the years where this happened. And so it's kind of the same approach with them, right? They diet down for spring. Uh, you kind of find that middle ground, right? Where it's like, okay, we got, you know, five, six months before your next show. So can we, you know, spend two or three months getting you out of a deficit and kind of finding a, uh, like a, you know, what's the max weight we can cap at. And then, you know, so that you still have time to diet back down um, with, with maximizing that time out of a deficit in there as much as you can. And, um, you know, that's, that's to me what this is, you know, I had, I had two clients last year, you know, in that situation where they competed spring, did well enough to qualify for something in the fall. And, and, um, it was the qualifications only good for that year. And, and I had the same conversation with them, you know, before, uh, before they, I said, well, okay, let's do fall. Um, also, and my conversation with them is you are not competing. You know, this was in 2019. They did spring fall. And my conversation was you're not competing in 2020. Like we're, you're not dieting anytime soon. You're, you're not getting on stage in 2020. You know, if you're going to spend most of the 2019, you know, 2021 is the absolute earliest. I probably go even later than that. If you can, you know, yeah. if you're going to spend this much time, this close to stage lane. Um, and so, it, you know, it's, a, it's just kind of applying that to myself now at, at this point. And I, I'm cool with that. I, I, yeah. I don't, I'm okay with, I, like, I don't need to diet down for summer or whatever, you know, like, let me be out of a deficit for a while and gain some weight back. I'm cool with that. Um, but again, filling t-shirts again. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, part of that too is, you know, th there's a psychological side to that, right? Like I said, like, I'm not someone who's had a lot of eating disorder issues. I don't have a ton of body image issues. Um, I, I, you know what I mean? Like th those would be yeah. reasons where like things that would make it more difficult to, to stay out of a deficit for a long time. Um, you know, like you need to, to recover from something like this. Um, but fortunately, you know what I mean? Like, it, so there's a lot of things I think to consider. And, and so those are the types of conversations I was having with clients going through the same thing and making the same decisions. And, you know, I, I tried to emphasize or like just emphasize big time to them that, you know, whatever you decide, like, here are the things to consider, whatever you decide, I'll support that. You know, it, it may not, you, you just need to understand that just because I'm deciding to do this doesn't mean you need, you have, you know, like I didn't want them to feel like they also had to um, push through because for some of them, it, it actually wouldn't have been a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of knowing your client, knowing yourself, do you have yeah. that ability to have that self-control because mm. that I, the, like we know the physiology is not going to be ideal. So it will even more so require a strong mental state. And mm. would you say, I guess for you, you've been there so many times, but do you think having Cliff in your corner made the process just that much easier? Yeah. That just I mean, comfort? I think, 
I think this was a time, uh, I think this was a time where like having a coach was super beneficial. So that way you just didn't overthink things. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, cause you know, you, it'd be really easy just to overthink everything in that situation. You know, it's a really tough situation. And, um, I think the fact my wife was also prepping for the same show as I was, um, you know, so we we're in the same position, which, um, it was a good, good and bad thing, right? Like, you know, at, at, you know, we could relate to each other, but at times it was like a downward spiral as well, you know, in yeah. terms of emotion, um, cause we're both going through the same thing. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, but she was able to do two of the shows I did. Um, got, she was, you know, she got able to get off work last minute to do two of the three I did and we did the photo shoot and we got some cool pictures and stuff. So, I mean, it, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun to compete at the same time still. Um, so the first, it was the third time she's died into stage lean, but it was the first time both of us had, you know, competed at the same time. But, um, but yeah, between her and Cliff, I think that was my biggest, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely leaned on them both quite a bit during it. Prep's hard enough, like in the overthinking, let alone during this yeah, situation. Yeah, show's canceled <laughs> six days out. I mean, fortunately, I, 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 you know, Cliff posted about this over the weekend, but I, I really did stay consistent with my numbers. Like I didn't say screw it, you know, because I, I just had it in my mind that like I was going to do everything I could to compete as soon as I possibly could when shows started again um, so that I wasn't dragging this out longer yet, you know, than it, than it needed to. And so, yeah. you know, shows started by about mid to late June here in the U S and I was on stage the end of June, you know, early July. And then this last weekend and I threw a photo shoot in there as well and, and I'm done. So. And I, think <laughs> I, I just want to make it really clear to the audience of, obviously we're talking about it and you've done really well and it's, it's kind of come off very well for you. And the key I think to that was you didn't just remain in a deficit and you didn't just try and hold that exact condition. You, you let your body weight come up, but it was really controlled and that yeah. kind of to allow everything to occur. If you yeah. just tried to maintain, it wouldn't have gone the way yes. you would have so wanted. It, what that looked like in terms of uh, like caloric intake, um, I was down, I think I was down around like 22 to 2300 at the lowest, um, which for me is low. I'm, I'm someone who eats 4,000, 4,200 in the off season. So like that gap is a lot larger than it is for a lot of people between my um, off season and dieting macros because I have a pretty adaptive metabolism. Um, but uh, so I was down like 2200, I think something like that worst of worst of that first push. Um, and then I got up to, I think like 31, 3150. I was eating and I was holding about five to seven over stage. Cause again, I'm really good at maintaining. Right. So, um, I, you know, I, so that I, I was able to use that to my advantage for once. Um, and then, uh, uh, the second push though, and this is something I typically see, I'm sure you've seen this too. Uh, so with, with a lot of times in those situations where like you have the clients do like the spring fall, right. Where they, you spend a couple months out of a deficit, you kind of have a cap of weight and then you come back down. Uh, Typically that second push is harder because mm. your, your hormones metabolic rate aren't, you know, a couple months out of a deficit isn't enough. And so, um, I was down around two like, to get there the second time to get back down there. So I, um, I had to drop my, you know what I mean? So my calories got, had to get about a couple hundred lower the second push just, you know, and, but that, that's, that's what I see. I've had, you know, I can't think of a situation where I had a client do like had what, you know, ran into those, one of those spring fall situations where that wasn't the case, you know, like this, the fall push, you know, if you're, if you're, if you are competing that close together and that's why you, you shouldn't be competing that close together yeah. if you can avoid it. 
you know, um, you know, I know there are situations where you can't, you know, and, and that, that's understandable, but, um, but yeah, you can, you can definitely, I saw that, you know, in myself, like I said, I had to get about 200 or so lower the second push than I did the first push to get to the same spot. Hey, Pascal here. I just quickly wanted to remind you of our online coaching service. At Revive Stronger, we put a huge emphasis on the personal aspect of our coaching. And if you want to take your physique and knowledge to the next level, hit the link in the description below. Yeah, it's one of those, well, even for you, I imagine for you that might, well, you ramp up and down, so it probably doesn't look that different apart from the high and the lower closer together for other people. But yeah, uh, completely right in that if people try and, uh, this is one of the follies of just continuously trying to diet and not giving yourself enough time between diets is just continually ramp yourself down and down yeah and that was not I mean, damaged it, it's just ramping down right yep and that looking looking back i mean so i was under half of my peak off season intake at the end um and you know because 42 is my peak and two is my low so it was a little under half at the worst here and uh looking back i hadn't gotten that low in a prep since 2006 but that was the prep where uh that was the prep where i did my first show in 2004 was told i was too small and i went from 145 to 210 in a year and a half <laughs> and then and yeah i i but i ate all clean foods but it, it <laughs> yeah, didn't matter I was still, and so you know this was 2004 2005 ish um and so then i dieted from 210 down to i think it was 156 in like six months um, so wow. my, that, that was the roughest prep, lowest my food was, highest my cardio ever was. Cause I dropped like, what was that 54 pounds in six months? Like that's crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah. So other than like that prep, which I don't know if you can compare that, like this is the lowest my food has ever had ever gotten during a prep and it, during the second push. And it, I mean, one, I'm older, I guess, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, but two, it, you know, it, it's the fact I held so lean for so long, I had to get lower. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, you know, I, that, I knew that was a possibility coming with the territory and, and I was okay with it. Yeah. And I guess that means were your steps and cardio, how, what were they looking like comparatively? Were they similar? I, yeah, I did. So cardio, I didn't do any formal cardio outside of, outside of, uh, like I didn't have any like X amount of time in the gym cardio other than during the depletion, during my backload, just for to help deplete other than so i had i had what 12 cardio sessions four days of depletion three times you know during peak week um so yeah no i didn't do any cardio um i as far as steps i didn't track them per se um but i i still did i made an effort to do everything i would normally do so the dog walk you know walking my dog i did that like i normally would each day like so that you know i i, I get you know it's essentially lists but it's it's mm -hmm. Um, if you want to, whatever you want to classify it as, but I walk my dog every single day. Um, so I still walked my dog every single day. Like I made a point of that, you know, like when we got snow over the winter, I shoveled my, my driveway, like I normally would. I mow my grass each day, like, or each, sorry, each week, like I normally would. Um, you know, so I, you know, the, the store is only a half hour or a half mile from my, um, house. And so if I only need to pick up a couple things, I, I usually walk there. So I made myself, you know, I wasn't going to get lazy and hop in my car. Yeah. Like I was you know, if, you know, if I only needed a couple of things, I was going to walk there still, you know? And, um, so, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, that didn't change. I, I made cool. every effort, um, you know, to do the types of things I would normally do, you know, even, even though I wasn't tracking steps per se, I don't know that they dropped because I made a yeah. conscious effort to make sure that they didn't drop. 
Um, but yeah, if, if I wasn't making a conscious effort, for sure they would have dropped. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there, <laughs> and then cardio ramps up, and yeah, that's, yeah, that you're like, yeah. why? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. now we know how important kind of that neat component is. So it, yeah, essentially it is, you were checking it. Yeah, it is crazy. Like I, it blows my mind sometimes how much of a difference that can make. Just making someone either track steps or be more conscious of that, even if they're not like tracking steps, just habits and things like. It, it blows my mind how big of a, you know what I mean? effect that can have on progress for something so seemingly simple. It's just like, yeah. Hey, keep living your life. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. You can, if you don't, if you're not conscious of it, you can get incredibly lazy. Your body, your body just yeah. finds every which way it can. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And, and during those, de- some of those depletion weeks during my backload, man, I, I did not want to move. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Um, in terms of like your look, how did it compare like the first time you got kind of sh- basically stage sh- ready? And then when you had to go there again on less food, was it comparable? How was yeah, it? it? Actually, actually it was pretty like, I, 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 you know, every, the feedback I've gotten from people is it didn't really look a whole lot different. So, that's good. um, yeah, I, I mean, I was fortunate, you know, like I said, we're able to get my food up eight, 800 calories a day or better while, while still holding five to seven over stage. Um, I'm fortunate that I have equipment here at home. Um, you know, so I, I have a barbell, I have 600 pounds of plates, I have squat rack, I have, um, you know, ad- adjustable dumbbells up to, what can I get up to? 110, 120, um, somewhere in there. Um, and then, you know, landmine, dip belt, you know, leg extension curl. I got a pull down cable roll, like a plate loaded one. Um, so I, you know what I mean? I have, I have a good amount of equipment yeah. that I was able to um, pretty much do, uh, you know what I mean? Other, other than just not having like, like a hack squat and a leg press were like the biggest things I was missing. Yeah. And I'm still looking on marketplace because, you know, as things are opening up again, I'm hoping to like snag one that maybe someone doesn't want anymore that for a decent price. Um, cause I, and, and I also have a back garage to throw it in, you know, so I yeah. have a two car detached garage in back and then a one car attached next to my house. So I fortunately have a place to put it all too. It's not heated. So there were some cold workouts there back in like March and April because yeah, prep. Oh. I, I, I'm in Wisconsin. Oh yeah. I was wearing, it was, there were workouts where I was wearing like t-shirt, long sleeve tee and two hoodies with the space heater on. Um, it, it was, there were some, there were some cold ones for sure. <laughs> yeah, that I can, yeah, I can completely relate to that. Cause I think I almost have the same setup here. My dumbbells don't quite go as heavy, but I'm hoping we may be moving and getting a garage. And then I can, I'm thinking nice. the same as you, all this home gym equipment's going to come available and the yeah. leg press and hack squat is the things I've been missing. So yeah, because uh, they have the combos, you know, where you can where yeah. they you, they fl- that's what I was looking for, trying to find a decent deal. But as far as dumbbells go, so I have um, what I actually have are the ones that are like the build your own with plates. So they're just a handle. So yeah. um, with so with the plates I have, I'm able to go from you know they hold Olympic plates, and so I'm able to go from five pounds all the way up to. Uh, like I said, I think it's 110 or 120 is the highest I can hit. I'm not, obviously I'm not strong enough right now to press those. So um, hopefully in the off season here, I'll be back up there. But, um, but I'm able to do that by five because I, when I bought plates, I did the math. And so everything, everything is a factor of four, right? So all the twos, fives, tens, and 25s that I have are all in like multiples of four when I got them because 
then because you need four, you know, two for yeah. each dumbbell, you know? And so I, yeah, I, I sat down and did the math and, and I'm glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think everyone who invested in a bit of home gym equipment, like, I don't know, randomly at times were like just at home, like <laughs> rubbing yeah. their hands together, being like, yes, I'm prepared for this. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah, every other person's kind of trying to pick up anything they can at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's really nice too, because if I'm really busy, I can run out there, you know, or, or, um, you know, get a workout in or, uh, like holidays or like, yeah. you know, if the, if the weather sucks, like once winter rolls around, you know, I'll have a little more body fat this year. So, you know, I can, I can deal with cold a little bit better. Um, but like, you know, we get a snowstorm or something or an ice storm and I can, I got somewhere to go, you know, it, 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 I don't have to like move my days around or skip a workout. Yeah. It's something, I mean, not that this is the the subject of the podcast, but I think home training is probably going to be something that's more in people's minds now. And yeah, I've always, it's always been somewhat, I understand the gym is being shot on Christmas day, but it was always to me, like, I'd love to get a workout on Christmas day. Yeah. It's like a present to yeah. yourself. So yeah, having it available for those sort of holidays, I can imagine being yeah. quite nice. I, I do have a gym here actually that uh, is open 365 days a year. Um, like oh, yeah. it's staffed. It's even, st- I mean, it's 20, it's 24 seven, but it's even staffed for parts of the day for 365 days of the year. Um, it's about a 35 minute drive from my house. So I don't get there more than once or twice a week, but it is like, a, it's a great gym. Um, but yeah, it's the only gym I think I've ever been a member of where they staff it on Christmas day. Oh, nice. Or oh, not, not, not so nice for the, for the stuff. Oh, maybe no, some it's people. The, it's the owner. Work. The owner oh, okay. is there. Yeah, no, he, I, I, cause I went, I've gone on, I went on, what was it? Thanksgiving day the one time. And it was the owner himself, like opening the door up at seven in the morning that's someone yeah he wants to train himself he's like oh, i'll let everyone else train as well <laughs> yeah. now that's a sign of a good business owner he takes <laughs> yeah. pride in his business yeah. in terms of i just was interested uh in your peak weeks because i imagine because the environment was potentially a little bit different in that you were kind of had been dieted or had been leaner for a longer period of time did peak weeks were they like noticeably different this time around or did they work just as same as usual? Yeah, they were great. Um, you know, so I, I rapid backloaded. So, you know, general, general concept of that is you carb deplete for four days and then you load really, you know, Monday through Thursday and you load really hard on Friday and you try to take advantage of glycogen supercompensation to get a little bit more glycogen storage and a little bit more fullness. And you can see in my physique, like in my stage shots, I get way more, like I just get more off of it than I do from being less aggressive loading. Um, so it's an approach that doesn't work well for everybody. It's an approach that if you're not in like a division that requires an extreme look, you probably don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it works well for me. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, no, I, I backloaded. I think the first show was like a thousand twelve or something like that grams of carbs. Um, which was bigger compared to 2016. Cause I backloaded all three shows in 2016. Um, and that, that size load was bigger than two out of my three shows in 2016 and not very far off the third. Um, and then uh, my show was in the morning the next day. I looked great as the best I ever looked. Uh, second show's peak was a little weird cause I did an NPC show. So I did an untested show for the first time. Um, so I had never done one out. It was actually a really good experience. I probably do one again in the future. If, if there's one, you know, you know, like that works into my schedule. It, um, so I, I dieted down and made the 154 lightweight class. So, I mean, I depleted pretty hard. 
Um, but I had to weigh in at three or three or four in the afternoon. Um, oh, wow. And so, yeah, so we weren't able to start my load till later in the day. Um, but we made that decision, you know, going in, it, it, yeah. you, you have a choice to make, right? So you can, going into an untested show, I can either, either be in the 176 class and be like 20 pounds low, you know, 15 to 20 pounds lighter than those guys. Um, and, and there's likely more drug use the higher up you get in those weight classes. And so, um, you know, I would be 15, 20 pounds lower in a class that may have more drug use, or I could make 154 be 70, 80% of the best I could be in a load as far as my load and, and competing as guys who are probably more my size be at the top of the class and be and probably less likely to be using drugs if, unless they're really, really short or yeah. they really, really are bad at using drugs or lifting yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, uh, I'm, you know, I, I weighed in right around like, I think it was 152.6 on their scale. So I made it by a bunch. Um, but I had like multiple scales with me, like weighing throughout the day, making sure I was going to make it and everything. Um, but, uh, then after that one, we were super aggressive. That show I did, I, I, I so that load was a little bit different because I loaded really, really hard. Um, there's a lot more drinking like Gatorade and things. A lot, I, I drank probably half of my carbs. Um, you know, it, it was a lot less food, a lot more drinking, um, a lot faster. I, I only had about four hours to sleep because we had to just keep loading. Like, yeah. Um, I think I slept from about midnight to four, you know, because I, it was just, you just had to keep loading and then prejudging was the next morning. And I think we still had 700 and some grams down by prejudging. And, and I was, I was up around that thousand mark by the night show or no, we had 700 grams down Friday night. And I did a couple hundred more before prejudging. So I think I was like at nine or something like that before prejudging when I stepped on stage. Um, but that was a little bit different. Um, that was probably, I, it was I wasn't quite as good as I was in Minnesota. I was a little bit softer just because of the rate we were bringing carbs in. You know, you yeah. start to soften your body, can't keep up. Um, I wasn't that much softer though. I was just maybe just a hair off, you know what I mean, of where I yeah. was in Minnesota. It was close. I still was super full though. Like I saw the stage shots. I'm like, all right, we, we you know, I had, because I, I had to deplete further and we had less time to load and we were able to um, get that back, which was awesome. Um, then the third show was great. I, I didn't go on stage till like the show was 5 p.m. single show format because they had an Olympic lifting meet in the morning, a powerlifting meet in the afternoon, and then the bodybuilding contest at night. Um, and so I was able to load Friday. We did like a thousand two or grams or something like that. So pretty much the same, maybe just a touch lower than the Minnesota. Um, I was able to sleep in on Saturday morning, um, which gave the carbs time to assimilate. I woke up super tight. Um, and then we were able to load a little bit more in the morning and kind of just taper it off before stage. And that, that, that was the best I've ever looked period. Um, I, I think I had 1400 grams of carbs or more down. I think it was 1440 something between Friday morning and Saturday night when I got on stage. Um, it, it was awesome. Um, that, that, that was, I, I wish that, I wish that more shows were later in the day so I could sleep in like that after yeah. a load and push a little more in the morning and then kind of just taper it off and look great. But, um, but yeah, that, so I, I don't think much changed yeah. with, with my, um, with my loads or, or looks. I mean, just other than the one where I had to make weight. Um, but that, you know, that, that's an ex, you know, odd circumstance. And that's another one of those things where like, if you come into that situation yourself or with a client, you have to weigh things, right? Like yeah. what, what matters more to you, you know? Um, and, and I was like, well, if I'm going to do an untested show, I, I want to give myself the best chance possible. And I want to see what happens 
I want to try a load where I have to make weight, you know, like I've had clients in that situation before um, where they, you know, they, but I was like, I, I want to go through it myself. I never have. So um, it was, I'm glad I did, you know, it yeah. was a good experience to have to make weight in the afternoon and carb up by the next morning, you know, and, and to do an untested show myself. I've had clients do them. I've been to them, but I've never done one. Um, so I, I, again, I, I think it was a great experience. I, like I said, I'd probably do one again in the yeah. future. No, I think it's really interesting and you're completely right with those sort of calls. There's always trade-offs to be made and mm -hmm. it's actually really interesting hearing you talk through those trade-offs and it, it makes complete sense. The lighter guys, like it's great. There's weight categories because then you're still, even though you're natural, it's, it's more of a closer like level mm -hmm. playing field and it yeah. makes complete sense. Lighter guys are probably going to be using less um, rather than the heavier ones. So it, it's unless actually very interesting. Yeah, unless they're really short. I mean, yeah, you would, yeah, yeah. So. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, it was, yeah, it was related to the rapid backload. Uh, I guess in using that, and I don't know if I've heard, I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast before, but typically on show day, not too much has to normally happen. Like normally you're, the aim is to be kind of peaked for show day. For yeah. a rapid backload though, I guess that's, uh, everyone knows hopefully rapid backloading, generally there's more moving parts, potentially more <laughs> risk. And so I guess on show yeah, day- it's show day there's potentially more to do rather than on other approaches you kind of come into show day and it's kind of like you've done your job now just present yeah. maybe on show day yeah i mean i if i if i think back to like minnesota like we usually I don't go super like our our show days aren't super aggressive though like the aggressive part is done um on uh the aggressive part is usually done the day before the show it's not done on show yeah. day um, you know, the aggressive part is done Friday and then Saturday morning, maybe you do a little bit right away in the morning if you need it, but you, you kind of really taper it off. And so, you know, Minnesota, the first show I did this year where we loaded, like it was like 10,012 grams on Friday. I think I only had a little over 200 grams on Saturday before I got on stage and, and, um, and probably a hundred of that was within the first hour, hour and a half of waking up. Um, so, you know, it really, you know what I mean? Like it, and even this last weekend, um, you know, I didn't go on stage till 5 PM and we did do a little bit more on in the morning, um, just cause I was able to sleep longer and, and give those carbs time to assimilate. And I was pretty tight in the morning. Um, and so we did a little bit more in the morning, but even then I still only had maybe 400 grams of carbs on before stage on Saturday, you know, like all things considered, that's not crazy yeah. or outrageous or anything. Um, but, you know, and that's before like a 5 p.m. showtime and I was on stage at like 6 or 7 p.m., you know, like, um, so that was most of my day, you know, and so, no, show day, the only show day that we did a little bit more with is the one where I had to make weight, you know, I woke up extra early and kept pounding, you know, because yeah. I had to, I, I, you only have so much time, you know, and so, yeah. like I said, I was probably like 80% as good as my load could have, you know, my load went 80% as good as it could have been, but in, it allowed me to make weight. And then I won my weight class. Whereas I, I don't know, I probably have been like third out of five if I would have up a weight class, you know, like, so, um, because I've been out simply outsized by some yeah. of those guys. Cause they've been 20 pounds heavier than me. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And I guess, I mean, and to bring it back to show day, typically like glycogen, and like you're saying, assimilating and it's good to have that extra time, especially like rapid mm -hmm. backloading. It, you, you're not getting much out of your show day carbohydrates because of the time it takes to actually do what you want it to do in terms of fullness yeah. and replenishment. 
Yeah. And even, even like with clients who aren't rapid backloading, I like them to get up early, you know, or, or like, Hey, let's, let's give ourselves at least like six hours here before stage, you know, to look at you the first time on show day, if we can, because, um, if, if you're going to have to do like, if, if, you know, you get to the situation where they wake up and they're flat and you have to do something, you got to do it as far out as possible. Like you can't just wake up three hours before your show and expect like, you know, two, two, three hours before your show and expect to be able to, you know what I mean, fill back yeah. out or something like, you know, you need to start pounding some Gatorade or, you know, some candy or something really sugary um, early, you know, and, and give yourself, give it time to do its thing. Yeah, absolutely. And actually you mentioned, and I've been leading to this, uh, how did you do? Uh, how did all the shows go? Because I have seen some photos and I, you were looking incredible. And that's part of like the reason I find you really kind of aspiring is because seeing your transformation from start to here, you never look at your early days and think that guy is going to be like, <laughs> what you are now. You just wouldn't think it necessarily, but it's through your consistency, your dedication, off-season, like being on point. It's, it's incredible to see. But yeah, how did you do anyway? Fast, efficient fat loss. Does that sound like music to your ears? The mini cut movement might just be for you. Mini cuts are like robbing the fat bank. You want to get in and out with as much fat as possible. In a short period of time, you could easily look to lose six to 12 pounds of fat. The mini cut movement is excellent. There's group support for extra accountability and also expert help within the group. We have educational videos to keep you on track along the way and you get all your nutrition and training customized and individualized for you. So if that sounds of interest, get involved with the mini cup movement. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was someone who didn't look like I lifted after two years of lifting. So yeah. That's that, me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that, that's, that's a side note, but that's that's always what I, um, you know, that's what I always, you know, people always post like pictures before they start lifting and they say, oh, well, look at my genetics aren't great. And it's like, no, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Like your response to training is the genetics we're talking about. So take a picture of you after lifting weights for two years. You know, if you look like you can hop on stage and contend, you got pretty good <laughs> yeah. genetics. You know, if, if you look like you don't even lift weights, well, you know, you might not, might not have won the genetic lottery. <laughs> um, and I don't know that my genetics are terrible, but they're no. probably average, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I'd like, I'm, I appreciate you saying that. Cause I said, I'd, I'd always like to think that I'm trying to do everything I possibly can with fairly average genetics, you know, to go as far as I can go. Um, and it's pretty cool to see after, you know, it's been, 18 plus years of lifting, you know, 16 plus, I can, you know, since my first show that, that we're getting somewhere here. Um, and so as far as placings go, uh, so Minnesota, I took third, it was only three guys in pro bodybuilding. I took third. Um, I got outsized, uh, the, I was one, I was 159 show day morning. The two guys who beat me were 180. The one was in the one eighties, low one eighties. And the guy who took second, I know his coach told my wife, he was 191. Whoa. Um, <laughs> But if you look at the pictures of the three of us, the thing I'm really proud of is the fact that in the stage shots, at least, you can't tell that I'm giving up like 30, you know, 25, 30 pounds to these guys. Um, I think some of that is posing and some of that is like, I, I, I feel like there's like Cliff said, there's Cliff had told me this too. He goes, there's like a roundness to your physique this year. You haven't had before. He's like, you, he's like, you've always been thin had a harder time putting on muscle, but you're starting to actually get some roundness and look yeah. more full and, and filled out finally. Um, you know, taking enough time. Um, and so that was the first show. Second show, I won my weight class in, uh, the MPC show in Missouri, won the lightweight class, uh, lost in the overall to a guy, 
looked phenomenal. He's a, he, he's a light heavy. Um, so he was two weight classes up for me. He said he was 196. It was the lightest he had ever been for a show. Uh, and he was about six inches shorter than me. Uh, and he was every wow. bit as lean as I, he and I were the two <laughs> leanest people in the overall. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guy looked great. Um, I, I'm sure he'd do well at an NPC national level show. Um, and it wasn't, it was a national qualifier. So I, I know some of like, I know the guy who won the middleweight class was planning on doing a national level show yet this year. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, third show went, went to Vegas, did an AAU show out there. Um, it's drug tested sanction. They, they third party test even. Um, so I had some random guy standing there watching me pee. Um, and then, uh, uh, and so it was a smaller show, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. Um, so my wife and I did mixed pairs at that show. So part of the reason we went to Very that. Cool. Yeah. So part of, we were looking at a bunch of, I mean, we basically, when shows started, made a list of like, here are all of the shows that are still on for like June and July. And then we cross them off as they got canceled. And then like, as we got closer and we were sure they're going to happen, we like circle that one's the first one. All right. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. how, and so we got to this one and we're like, this one has mixed pairs and we were going to do mixed pairs at one of our shows in the spring that got canceled. And so we did, we're like, let's, you know, let's go do this one. You know, we don't, didn't know anything about really the sanction. We'd never competed there. It's a smaller sanction, whatever. Um, but we're like, let's, let's go to Vegas. It'll be fun. We'll end in Vegas, you know, have some food there and, and um, get to do mixed pairs together. So we did mixed pairs. Uh, um, that was fun. Uh, the only other mixed pairs was a master's mixed pairs. So it was us and like a, masters but so we won mixed pairs um and then uh it was a smaller show and, and i won the bodybuilding open overall um and then uh yeah and then that was it for my season so it, it came you know came together i'm, I'm glad i pushed yeah. through and 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 I, I feel like i had a really good season I had a really good photo shoot too i saw the uh we got the we did a photo shoot with uh, cliff's girlfriend haley mm -hmm. um and went down and stayed with cliff for a couple days and um did a, like an in gym we did in gym and then in the studio you know we had a bunch of pictures both places we shot for like four hours um it was awesome we got almost 500 images and uh, oh wow yeah and uh uh i, I she sent like 140 some that were usable and we had to like pull those down to you know however many we get in our package but i'm excited to see like the final ones now that we picked you know once they're done and not just proofs so yeah. i thought yeah, it was cool you know, photo shoot for that lot. Photo shoots are tiring, actually. I never really yeah. gave them credit. <laughs> yeah. You get done, you're like exhausted. And, you know, I was, I was, we had a, like a five hour drive home from the other, their place. And I, man, I really had to caffeinate up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's awesome to hear that it was a really successful season and you're overall just very happy with how it all went. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I think, you know, my biggest thing was, you know, you know, at this point I've won a pro card. I've held my own in pro shows. I, I won a smaller pro show. Like I, that's more than I ever expected to accomplish competing. And so now it's more about like, I think two things I care about most at this point are how, how much better can I get? Like how, how much further can I push, you know, with like, what, what will my genetics allow me to get to? Like, where can I get, yeah. um, you know, and, and looking back, you know, this is the sixth time I've died it down. This is this every single one I've looked better than the previous you know, there's no question I was better than 2016. Um, and then, uh, so, you know, that, that's a success to me. And then the other thing is just the experience. Um, yeah. you know, I, I was talking to my wife about this, you know, when we were going to Vegas. I was like, okay, this is, so I've done 13 shows, you know, I've died it down six times. 
I've competed now in five amateur sanctions, two pro sanctions. And, you know, I've, I've competed in eight different states. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. so I, it, I've, I've done, you know, one untested show, 12 drug tested, you know, but, um, you know, like I, I just having different experiences and, and I, you know, we did mixed pairs at this show, like did just, you know, stuff like that makes it fun, you know, like, yeah. it, and, um, so yeah, I, I mean, if I win, I win, you know, like I said, I won my class and I won an overall this year. That's great. I, you know, I, I took third at that pro show and I got a little bit of money for that and that's great. But like, um, but you know, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's about how far, how much better can I look and, and like, let's do some fun stuff and, and go some places I haven't been or places, you know what I mean? Or shows yeah. I haven't done or have some new experiences. I really like that perspective because I think oftentimes competing and going to shows, people focus a lot on the negatives of, I don't know, well, first of all, getting to there and the the, the, well. kind of the, the tanning and the, the expenses and all of those things. And uh, especially earlier on within your career and just seeing you get to the point now where it's just about like you're really embracing just enjoying it. Like I've put in this hard yeah. work. Now it's about like enjoying those experiences. Yeah. I, I see people across Europe, like traveling to different shows and things like this. And it's definitely something that I need to consider more of because I've definitely been that like, oh, I'll just do the nearest show and I'll do the nearest show in this organization. But actually just opening up to trying other things. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And I think, I think it's helped me as a coach. Like, you know, like I said, I've done five amateur sanctions, competed in five amateur sanctions and two pro sanctions myself now at this point. Like that's most of the sanctions my clients are probably going to compete in. Um, there are only one or two of like the bigger, you know what I mean, of ones that a lot of people compete in here in the mm -hmm. U.S. that I haven't competed in. Um, and so and I've even competed in some of the smaller ones. You know, I've even done an NBC show now and a couple pro sanctions. And like I've, you know, I, 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 it, I think it helps me as a coach. I can give clients yeah. better feedback. And, and I've, I've, you know, I've traveled for shows. I've flown to shows. I've driven long distances for shows, um, you know, and, and yeah, I, you know, I, it's a little bit, I've done a little bit of everything and I think it's, it's good. You know, it, it makes me a better coach too. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just like you, you practice what you preach and some of these things you don't really understand how I, I don't know why this springs to mind. I always think of someone who hasn't been like knocked unconscious before. You can't <laughs> describe how that feels unless you've just suddenly blacked out. Like it's a weird experience, yeah. but some of these things yeah, no, without doing exactly. them, you don't know how it's going to be like. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and well, I mean, that's always why I say you need to be stage. I think you need to be stage lean before you coach people with stage lean. Cause you just, you can't just read that in a book. You have to feel that, mm. um, you know? And so, uh, but no one along those lines, one thing I, I I've noticed, uh, during this process, just as a coach is the amount of like complaints about how bad someone's prep has been has gone down like just significantly because they know that what I'm going through is as bad or worse <laughs> than them with my shows. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and it, like, I, I think that has to be the reason, like I've noticed like the last few months, like nobody complains to me about anything anymore. Like it's like, I have the street credit now that I've, I've suffered, you know, and, and it, you know, I, you know, <laughs> I like I, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's an interesting thing I've noticed. So in terms of obviously, kind of I think we covered this season for you really really well I don't I don't know if there's any like from what you've gone through any major take points any kind of reinforced things you already knew but you're just like I know this even more now is important yeah I mean I I would say things that I, I know are important um so I guess things that are important that I I think 
really helped me or that I learned uh, one, just good relationships with food and body image. You know, like we talked about earlier, I, I think that the fact that I am in such, like, I generally am in a pretty good place with food and body image and things like that to where I was able to extend for a while. I was able, yeah. I'm able now to just say, that's fine. I'm not going to diet for like a year or whatever, you know what I mean? Before I even consider a mini cut. That's cool. I'm good with that. You know, I'm not binging out of my shows, whatever. Um, so that I can do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, so I think that's a big thing. I think, um, another big thing is, is like I said, the, the, fact that I saw in myself not giving myself enough time to be out of a deficit. I had to push harder the second push. I've seen it with clients. You read about it, like it happened, you know, like it, I had to drop a couple hundred lower the second push. Um, so I think that's important. And then, um, yeah, I think just this has taught me to, you know, as much as I hate to be flexible and roll with the punch, I, I'm not a very good flexible roll with the punches type of person. <laughs> So I, I'm very type A. I like things planned out, but it, it really has forced me to, you know what I mean? To do something I'm, you know, I mean, work on things I'm not good at. Um, yeah. and, um, I think it also, one thing I learned is the importance of like a good support system. Um, because I, you see a lot of, I mean, I know a lot of people, I, I've been had clients who just utterly crumbled in the situation yeah. I was in. Um, and hey, I'm not going to knock that because it really is a difficult situation. And I relied, you know, there are people I relied really heavily on during that time. And so um, I, you know, I think that, that that's really important as well, you know, at, at least I've found. So I think those are some important you know, take homes I probably found from all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, no, it, it's awesome to just hear it because I think a lot of people hear these things and then for you to go through it and experience it, it's just, it reinforces how important it is to have all those things in place. And I know kind of you spoke a little bit about future, but what's the off season looking like for you now? What have you got like planned down the line? Is it more consistency, more the same? Yeah, I don't know that there's anything out, out of the ordinary. Um, as far as, you know, I think bringing up some weaknesses. So interestingly, my weaknesses have shifted a bit here in the from the last time I dieted down um, and just over the years. So um, I was talking to Cliff about this and I've talked, gotten feedback from a couple other people as well. And, um, you know, when I started competing in 2004, I kept getting told over and over again, your lower body, your lower body needs to come up, your lower body needs to come up. Um, and so I've trained legs two, if not three times a week, always, right? You know, like it, it's just been, it's, it's just been, you know what I mean? It's always like figure out legs and then, you know, fit in upper body from there, you know, like it's always been the priority. And so by the time I got to 2016, they were, they, my quads actually were getting compliments on stage, but my, it was the entire backside of my body needed to come up. So like hams, glutes, back. Okay, so I just pounded the crap out of that this off season, and it. And I actually have a transformation post I'll post from, you know, 2016 shows to this year. Hopefully on social media in the next couple of weeks here at some point. But um, it, it, you know, it worked pounding those areas. But um, now, you know, Cliff, Cliff said the same thing. He goes, dude, your lower body's not a weakness anymore. He goes, you need to back off. He's like, and so <laughs> now these days now it, it's I've gotten this feedback from multiple people who I trust: um, shoulders, arms. And maybe back a little bit more um, now need to be the focus. So I spent so much time beating the crap out of my legs. And then, you know, also my back some this off season now too, that uh, now like shoulders and arms, like some of the bro stuff has kind of fallen by the wayside. And, um, and so, you know, I think this off season is going to be a little less leg, you know, lower body focused than, than others. Um, and a little bit more 
a little bit more shoulder arm work and probably still a decent back focus. And, um, you know, just, just cause that's what needed at this point, you know, and, um, you know, when I was, you know, I'm, I'm an advanced enough, you know, lifter that, uh, you know, I've been doing this long enough that I, I actually, you know, you know, it's like you have weak points at this point. I'm not a beginner who's like, Oh, I think this is a weak point. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, and so I, I, my training's a little more skewed towards weaknesses. Um, and so yeah, shoulders, arms, back and back will kind of be the focus this off season. And in terms of when you do focus on those, what's your main kind of go-to like exercise order kind of frequency volume? Um, yeah. I, so I, I probably, you know, the biggest thing is just, I do all kinds of different things, but the biggest thing is just backing off probably the volume and maybe even the frequency of things I'm not emphasizing. Um, I, I don't, I haven't, my chest has always been something that's grown well. I've always had a good chest. Like I've hardly put any work into chest forever, you know, and, and so that's always been kind of like a back burner thing. And, but whatever's being focused on more volume, you know, more, uh, frequency. Um, and then just, even like as far as exercise order, prioritizing it within a workout, you know, you know, if I, you know, there'll oftentimes if I train shoulders and chest, I may run training blocks where I, I do shoulders first and then chest, even though in theory chest is the bigger muscle group, but shoulders are more of a weakness. Chest isn't, yeah. um, you know, or, or things like that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think those are the biggest things. And then just more of the same sticking to movements that I feel working, you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I, for the life of me still can't barbell row for crap. Like I just don't get anything out of it. T-bar rows are great. Smith rows are great. Dumbbell rows are great. Meadows rows are great, you know, cable rows, but I, I, I just don't get anything out of barbell rowing, you know? And so, um, and, but my back come up a lot this off season, you know, just sticking with things that I actually can feel. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I think it's again, one of those things when you're more advanced, you can actually say, what exercises do or do not kind of work for you because you actually have good technique and you've worked yeah. on things so yeah fantastic yeah, you, there's some that just click and some that just don't yeah <laughs> cool so i think we covered well hopefully you feel like we've given justice to uh your yeah your competition season this year and uh, i just want to like reinforce like i'm again i think it's fantastic what you've done not just this season but to date and i think you should be really proud uh because it gives a lot of hope i think to the average guy and like someone like myself yeah. who's i feel like in a similar position where i just want to maximize everything and then put it to the floor so yeah, yeah thank I, I you just, again. i've seen some of your pictures recently though it looks like it's going pretty well <laughs> it's coming along it's coming along so i have i have 2021 in in my like sights and i'm planning backwards so nice. I, I have a bit of off season a mini cut and then a bit more off season and then i'll, I'll start prep like I'll probably start prep to be 20 pounds out in like 25 weeks or something. So 24 weeks, yeah. something like that. So it should work. And that's, that's a general plan of attack. I generally do too, where you kind of do that cut before the cut to position yourself. Yeah. And, and we, that's, like I said, we did that this last fall, but it was a little bit later just to kind of coincide with when I was traveling a bunch with, um, with client shows, but yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I like that approach. Hopefully there won't be a huge second wave that's going to stop next year functioning as well. But the, yeah. I think there's some vaccines in works potentially. So we'll see. I think those two things take a long time. So I'm not going to say anything on that regard. Well, and I think it comes down to, to you know, like we said, like I was saying, the promoters too. Like in Minnesota, yeah. they did everything possible. Like there were so many restrictions. So 
they only they capped class sizes at five and just had more classes. They spaced everyone out on stage. You could only be backstage 45 minutes before your class. You you had stations in the backstage area that were spaced out. You you were at a station. You didn't you know you didn't have free roam. Um, you uh, you know and then with with the crowd you could only have two people per competitor. So there you could have no more than ten in the crowd. The judges sat three on the big long table, like two on each end, one in the middle, oh, wow. spaced out, and then two were sitting a few rows back in the crowd in the seats. Um, and then, like I said, they shuffled people in and out after every class. They sanitized, they were sanitizing one row and they'd have people sit in the next row in front or behind it then, um, you know, and then they sanitized that row, you know. They, so, I mean, it was, they had, a, I mean, they did everything. Everyone was wearing masks. You had to wear a mask unless you were pumping up or getting on stage. Um, it, they did everything possible. Um, you know, and, and so to, in a place that was very, very restricted to make a show happen. Um, and then, whereas, like I said, the second show, there were like no restrictions in Missouri, you hardly knew COVID was a thing. Um, and then Vegas, uh, you know, like I said, other than there was only restrictions, there were 50% capacity and wear a mask. And so other than when we were on stage, you know, pumping up around stage, we had to have a mask on and, um, you know, they, they just capped number of competitors yeah. to keep it smaller. And um, yeah, so I think, you know what I mean? So I think it depends on your promoter too, yeah. you know, what the restrictions are in your area and who the promoter is and, and how above and beyond, I mean, it, I, all three of the shows, like, I mean, anyone who's promoting a show right now where the show's still happening, like has gone above and beyond anything ever could be asked. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think that's one big thing too, is for anyone competing right now, like thank the promoters for everything they're doing because like they, the shows that are happening, these people are going well above and beyond the normal, like yeah. promoting of a show. Yeah. Very well said. And hopefully lots of lessons can be learned from now to be taking next year yes. and things can yeah. be, I don't know, whatever restrictions need to be in place or in place yeah. by then. So yeah. Thank you very much again, Peter. Uh, I want to make sure people, if they want to, again, you've already mentioned a post that you're going to be doing. And I think um, kind of keeping up with you on social media would be useful for a lot of our listeners. So yeah, where should they head if they want to yeah. kind of find out more about you? I know your coaching and everything. Yeah. So I, my Instagram is Fit Body Physique. Um, I'm on Facebook just as myself. Um, or they can, they can shoot me an email at fitbodyphysique at gmail.com. Um, or they can pick up my book. I know I've plugged that on like every podcast I've been on with you. Um, but that, yeah, that, that's been out almost a year and a half now. So Amazing. No, and definitely, and I, I can recommend it all. So thank you very much again for coming on, Peter. And uh, we're list uh, we'll catch you guys soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Steve Hall, founder of Revive Stronger and a coach of Revive Stronger. My name is Pascal Floor. I'm the co-owner of Revive Stronger and also a coach, of course. You Revive Stronger has probably been going solidly for three years, probably roughly about three years. Revive Stronger to me, it is becoming kind of my child, my foster child. It's the gathering and getting together of like-minded people. We've been expanding the coaching team, which is helping us help more people, uh, but each coach can only help a certain number of people. Right now, it's all over the place. We have YouTube, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, but there isn't that community aspect behind that. And so the next step for us is developing a membership site. 
So basically we want to create a family and a community that is then benefiting from another. A really cool community for people within our little niche is gonna be a website. They will get early access to our podcast. You can access us, ask us questions, the community aspect. We have a forum there, you can ask questions, but also you can you can lock your journey. There's also gonna be courses on there, courses, presentations on different topics. Discount of past seminar footage. We will log our journey as well. We'll start vlogging. We're gonna have documentaries, our entire athletic journey. Furthermore, they get access to an exercise video library. The exercises that we love for hypertrophy and maximizing hypertrophy, we're gonna go through those in depth, telling you how to execute them. We kept them concise and also mobile friendly so that you can watch them in between your sets. I'm super excited to grow this community. The amount of value that we're gonna be delivering is huge. And I'd love you to be part of it. You will get so much out of that. I'll see you inside.